I'm incredibly excited to have you here today for a recording of the Startup Santa Show. We're talking with Mike and about his entrepreneurial journey. Mike, why don't you go ahead and get us started and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're all about. Sure, so I uh, grew up in uh, North Shore area of Boston. Uh, so a lifelong New England sports fan. Don't take, don't hold that against me. Um, uh, now based in Southern New Jersey, just outside of Philadelphia. Um, for my whole childhood, young adulthood, my passion was always between uh, some mix of acting, performance, and a real huge love of sports. So my my childhood dream was to become a TV sportscaster, which even my parents, I think at one point, thought I was crazy for wanting to go after that. But I decided, well, if I'm not going to become an actor, I'll choose an easier profession. So, you know, TV broadcasting, almost as competitive, not quite as much. Uh, but so, you know, I, I went to Syracuse University and uh, uh, their school, of, Newhouse School of Communications and majored in broadcast journalism. And years after college, you know, found opportunities in, in TV uh, and radio, but more focused on TV, working as a TV sportscaster. Uh, my first job was at the CBS affiliate up in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, came back to Boston for a year or so, and then found a job uh, at the Fox station down in Fort Myers, Florida. Came back to Boston again. You'll see a theme here. I came, kept coming back to my hometown. Uh, and eventually um, landed an opportunity on New England Sports Network in Boston. This was around 2002. Uh, where I was a, an anchor and reporter on their daily sports show called Sports Desk and did feature reporting and, and all kinds of other things. And so worked in the Boston market for four or five years, um, but always had a very creative mind, but also I guess at the time I didn't realize it, that I definitely had a bit of, bit of a head for business too. I mean, my dad was a cardiologist, but always had a great head for business. I was never going to be a doctor, um, but I think I definitely inherited his, his business acumen. Um, and, but I never thought I would start my own company. I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur, although looking back on it, when I was like 13 or 14, I started my own videotaping business where I would videotape bar mitzvahs and weddings and, you know, running around with a big shoulder rig and the whole thing. And, um, you know, over the years did lemonade stands and all those kinds of things, paper routes. Um, so, so there was definitely a little of that entrepreneurial bug in me that I think I maybe didn't even fully get. Uh, in the earlier days. Yeah, you, you have an incredible journey. They go for spot, sports casting, having a passion for it, and then spending an entire career being able to do that. That's not a common story. And then now you've made this transition into entrepreneurship. What sparked you to uh, really take action on your creativity? What was going through your mind having come from a, a pretty successful career, a very successful career, into now wanting to step out into something that can be very scary for a lot of entrepreneurs? Well, I, I think part of it was, even though I got to what was essentially kind of like my dream market of being on air in Boston, uh, I never quite found like the career stability that I was hoping for in it. So there was that part of it that pushed me to the point of like, okay, maybe this isn't what I'm gonna do for the next 40 years, so what, what's next? And honestly, at the time, it was kind of terrifying because that was like my lifelong goal. My skills were what they were within broadcasting, and I was like, what else am I gonna do? Uh, and I explored a lot of different things, and again, not initially the idea of starting my own company, but I started doing some kind of media consulting, I guess is the best way to put it, and some involved actually creating content for clients. And um, 
at the time I had a small website that still exists for really for my own memory sake called getatvjob.com, which was, and so that was really my first entrepreneurial effort as an adult, um, which was helping college students and recent college grads find jobs in television. Um, initially it was mostly production jobs. So I was helping them with their resume and cover letter and the job search. And then it evolved into people that wanted to be on air. And so we started creating demo reels and producing those. And, and so there was that. And then some of this content we created for some of my consulting clients. So I needed some place to put these, 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 these projects. And I had this getatvjob.com website, but I was like, well, where do I put this? So I said, well, maybe I'll just create a section on the website and call it something else. And I was like, ah, Perlo Productions, it's nice alliteration, it sounds good. So for several years, the home of Perlo Productions was a section of the Get a TV Job website. I always joke now that like the child grew out of the, I mean, the, uh, the mother grew out of the child uh, because now Perlo Productions is the overall company and Get a TV Job is kind of a pseudo media training portion. Um, but so it really, I, I joke that I'm kind of like an unintentional entrepreneur because for the first several years when we, we relocated to New Jersey in 2007, I was still doing some work with my company, but still looking for TV jobs. And eventually over the next few years, I kind of got to the point of no return as the company was growing and the broadcasting opportunities hadn't really presented themselves. But I think, you know, to, to really answer your question, I don't know that I ever once sat down and said, okay, it's time to start my own company, really. Um, I think I kind of, I've never been one to kind of sit back and hope things happen. I'm really much more of a, let's make it happen. You know, the old, as one of my friends said to me back when we were single, can't hear yes if you don't ask, you know, and you can't, you can't make it happen if you don't try, right? So, so really, I think I just said, well, what am I going to do? Okay, I'm going to do this, this, this. And I mean, I still remember the first time, uh, and this is a few years into Perlo Productions, I met with an insurance guy who explained, who asked me about liability insurance, you know, and I said, well, what's that? And I had no clue. And the crazy story of that is, is I sat with him for about two hours as he detailed and explained to me what liability insurance was all about. And so of course I knew I needed it. And literally the next day with no policy in place yet, our shoot, no joke, was at a riflery range. So like, it couldn't have been any worse. I'm walking around this place full of guns and guns being shot safely, but still, you know, thinking with this newfound knowledge of business liability. So for about 24 hours, I was, you know, in terror. Um, but, but those are the kinds of things, you know, whether it's that or payroll or hiring or accounting, or, you know, the first time I learned QuickBooks, um, you know, all, all those different things. Um, but I found that what I love about it is that I'm still very creative. Like, even though I don't shoot or edit videos anymore, we have a production team that does that. I'm still very involved in the creative process with our clients. But I also run the business and do the business development, which I found I'm actually really good at. And I, I'm, you know, a good multitasker. I'm good at juggling lots of things. Uh, we're in a period right now where we're, we're actually very busy. And so unexpectedly busy. And I'm juggling even more than usual. Uh, so it's a little bit more of a challenge. But I, I definitely, I, I'd say the only part I don't like about it is when you go through periods of time when you're truly wondering when is the next piece of business going to present itself. And I've... Lord knows I've had lots of those ups and downs over the last, I mean, my business is now, you know, 13 years old uh, and it doesn't feel like it, but, you know, I'd say the first five years were very, you know, small growth. And then I'd say over the last seven or so, it has been more, the, more, more substantial growth. Uh, but yeah, it's been, it, it, it's been crazy, but I love it. And I think more than anything, I love that I 
not the, so much being in charge, but I like that I get to make decisions and 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 do things the way that I think are 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 good and work with people that I want to work with rather than whomever I'm forced to work with based on where I'm employed. And um, you know, that's why typically the people that we that work with me, that I work with, are people I enjoy being with. So it's, you know, and if they're not, if we're not a good fit, we don't usually, you know, work together very long. But um, I've made so many great friends, so many business colleagues, you know, met, you know, people like yourself hosting podcasts and shows and writing books and all kinds of different people. So it's, it's been, it's been incredible. Hey, talk a little bit about that. You have these ups and downs in your business and now you've finally reached a point where you have some consistency from what you're telling me. It sounds like it's from building these relationships over time. Where did you find those people? How did you get in touch with them? How did you share what you were doing? Well, um, I'm not really one to like pat myself on the back, but when I do kind of like a look back, you know, hindsight on, on things I've done, I think I was definitely very much ahead of the game when it comes to people, at least in, in the creative and the video production world mm -hmm. on both uh, social media and internet marketing. Um, I mean, I was doing pay-per-click in the first few years of my business, which is, you know, you're talking 2008, 2009. Uh, even before that, really. Uh, and then I, I'd have to look back to see when I started. So I mean, definitely Facebook was my initial platform and still is huge. But I've, you know, I've been big about, obviously we create videos, right? So we can post videos when we create them and, and, and promote our clients. And when we're doing shoots, we can capture behind the scenes photos and videos and post those on social media. I mean, even little things like having uh, shirts made that say Perlo Productions that my crew wears on productions, right? Little branding, things like that. Um, so I think, you know, I was doing things to build my name and build the company name early on and all that I think has paid off more and more, particularly now. You know, when I started, a lot of people would joke, you know, social media was for telling people about, you know, the last time you're, you changed your kid's diaper. And now it's, you know, it's, I mean, that's like one small piece of it. Now social media is such almost like a critical element for businesses. And I would say that, you know, to any aspiring entrepreneur out there, I mean, if you are not using social media to build and grow your business, you are literally throwing customers and business out the window. Uh, and I'm still amazed actually how many businesses that are established today are, you know, still look at it as, oh, I don't want to tell everybody about my, my new child or my, my birthday party or whatever. It's in, explain, it's, it's, that's not what it is. Um, so I think, I think I went after it. Like there's a lot of people that have video production companies who are really just like creative people, but don't have maybe some of the business acumen or really don't even want to deal with that part of it. Uh, I even had people like videographers that have come to me and said, Hey Mike, so-and-so contacted me about a project. We need to go negotiate the deal. Do me a favor. You handle that and just use me and pay me for the project. Cause I don't even want to deal with that. Um, so, you know, thankfully I've, you know, I've used a couple of good attorneys over the years for contracts and, you know, knock on wood, not run into really any significant legal uh, conflicts with any clients. Um, and, you know, I think the other part of you talk about building your base. I mean, I think it's, I would say the best way to, to keep a client and to build your name is to do great work. So I feel like we've always, you know, pushed the envelope of every time we work with somebody or every time we work with somebody new within that industry or the second time we work with somebody trying to do even better than what we produced the last time. And I think, I mean, I know like looking at our early productions or even our videos from three years ago versus now, our quality is always improving. Um, so I think that's a big part too. So, you know, now we're at the point where we work with everything from, you know, local 
credit unions and uh, and other businesses to uh, companies as large as Dell Technologies. So the fact that companies of all sizes look at us and and none of them, sometimes smaller companies will call us and say, you might be too expensive for us, which to me is, is a compliment because that means they're looking at our work and saying it's really good. But I think what's what's more important to me is on the higher end is that larger companies look at us and and don't feel like we're too small. Even though physically, you know, our structure as a company, we're not a large company, but we have large capabilities and um, an impressive portfolio that shows what we can do. So, um, so I think all of that kind of, you know, even in what's become a crazy, I mean, it's a very competitive industry. And, you know, there's still a lot of people that shop for video based on price and nothing else. And, uh, you know, uh, when, when somebody gets two quotes and it, in theory, it's the same project and one's for 15 grand and one's for five grand, if they don't understand it, it's very hard to differentiate. And they're like, well, why would I pay 15 for something when I could pay for five, right? Um, but that's like saying you're getting a used truck or a Corvette, right? Like, but sometimes people look at them and they just think they're both cars. And this, you know, same thing happens in, in video sometimes. So, you know, uh, I think explaining some of the differences to people is, is one of our challenges. But uh, thankfully we have examples to show, that, you know, this is the quality of work that we do. And, and, and that's important to me too, is that everything we do is something that we're, you know, that we're proud of. Absolutely. You definitely produce value. And I think it shows and I know it shows in the work that you do and the products that you create. And that is a key part of growing those relationships and getting to a level head on what you're doing. Give me um, some insight into what are the, some of the resources that you're now using that you may have wished you had known about when you first got started? Um, well, so on the, on the accounting and bookkeeping side, it's just something as basic as QuickBooks. It took me a number of years till I knew uh, about it. And what's funny is I remember I posted on Facebook, is there anybody out there that knows somebody that can teach me how to use QuickBooks? So somebody recommended this woman to me who's a local bookkeeper near in, in the New Jersey area. And for several years, I would do most of the work and then she'd come in like once every few months, just kind of clean it up. And then I got to the point where I was like, this is stupid. She comes in and half time, I'm making a lot of mistakes. So now I have her do 90% of it. In fact, as we're speaking, she's working remotely on my computer, updating my QuickBooks. On, on our other computer. So, you know, that's something, just the overall bookkeeping and accounting that's so critical. Um, I would say probably the number one thing though is use of a CRM, uh, you know, client relationship manager program. Uh, everybody knows Salesforce, but most entrepreneurs and most small businesses do not need to pay and don't have the use for something that's that robust. Uh, the one I found, again, through a post on Facebook, what do people use for a CRM, was one called Zoho. Uh, which is very user-friendly, very cost-effective, has a lot of great other features beyond the CRM. Uh, should I explain a little bit what a CRM is in case people don't even, I mean, I don't know if, if people typically even know what a CRM is, but basically it's how we track our prospects, our, our clients, our ongoing business, our past business. Uh, my, I don't have one on me, but uh, my, my CRM for a good seven years was those three-ring binder notebooks, the spiral notebooks, and oh, I would man. write by hand in them, and okay. I have the world's worst handwriting. So, yeah, so I still have them. Zoho is uh, pretty good. Uh, HubSpot is one of my favorites. They also have a ton of educational material and an adjacent to it that's free for the world to use. Uh, so if you're curious about what CRM is or how to use one effectively with your marketing and sales uh, processes, uh, HubSpot is a great place to start. Definitely. But I think uh, having that organization is so critical because the longer you're in business, the more people you talk to. And if you don't have some way of 
saying, okay, I spoke with Robert eight months ago and he said that, you know, January of 2021 is when they're going to have their new budget and they want to talk about a new marketing video. Well, if I don't have some kind of system to log that and remind me in late December to call him, then you're yeah, really it's never going to happen yeah. as an entrepreneur, especially early on, your, your head's spinning so fast because you're trying to do so many different things that CRM is a key part of making sure you're staying to the process and engaging people that you've been re-engaging people that you've had conversations with. That's a, definitely a valuable insight. And I think is a part of big part of what you're doing and how you've grown and become so successful at what you're doing. Now, tell me a little bit about, um, what are some of the common reasons that you see other people fail or, or not or give up on what they're trying to do and achieve? Um, I think one thing actually is literally giving up. I think I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday, something not a business, but like an effort they were trying and they had some early success and then a couple things they did didn't work. And so they quit. And I said to him, I said, well, why? Just cause maybe the last two you did just weren't good. You know, but the last, the first few did were great. These were actually a, a certain social media effort he, he had done. And so I think, I think a lot of people, you know, it's very easy for them to give up when they don't see that continued success or they don't see success right out of the box. And it's just, I mean, the reality is, you know, very few businesses, no matter how great an idea they are, start off killing it out, out of the, out of the box. So I think, you know, having that persistence, having that, you know, uh, you know, you know, stealing a quote from my favorite movies, Han Solo, never tell me the odds, right? Like, you know, I mean, don't, don't, you know, you tell me it's not going to happen or you tell me the chances are small. I'm going to show you why it will happen and why the chances are better than you think. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of always been my mentality, but I, I think it's easy, you know, especially when you're kind of all by yourself, um, no matter how much family support you may have, no matter how much financial support you may have, it's hard day after day if you don't see some some of that immediate gratification. And listen, I can tell you, I mean, I could spend hours telling you stories about many months and many years where I was like, I am just ready for a regular job with a paycheck, right? Mm. Uh, I never like seriously pursued it, but there were definitely times where I said, God, like how much longer can I live this kind of just crazy stressful, how am I paying my next bill existence? Um, and listen, there are still times now, I mean, we still have crazy, ebbs and flows of business. And, you know, when, when something like, you know, a financial crisis or the COVID-19 crisis or anything else that happens that impacts our society and the economy, there's all that uncertainty and being able to manage it. And, you know, even through the COVID-19 crisis from day one, my attitude was, okay, we're going to find some ways to reinvent ourselves and not just sit home and twiddle our thumbs. And, and I think that's why we found even greater success than I thought we would during that time because we found new and different ways. We started working with high schools and colleges, creating virtual graduation ceremonies and creating virtual events for other organizations and finding ways to capture video content on the Zoom platform. And, you know, so I think whatever the situation is, being somebody who doesn't let it kind of kick you to the curb and it, it, it almost makes you more determined to, to make it happen. Um, so I think, so that, you know, long answer to your question, which is, I think, first of all, it's easy for people to give up. And I think um, you definitely, I mean, if you're single, if you start it when you're young and single, probably easier. Uh, but if you're married, as I was when I started my company and had a very young, my, my child, my son, who's now 14, was, you know, less than a year, was a year old. I mean, you have different kind of personal financial pressures on yourself as well. So having, you know, uh, you know, a, a partner and a family that supports you and 
you know, the first time things go south doesn't say maybe you should do something else. Um, you know, that's, that's critical um, because no matter how committed you are, if you don't have the support of the people around you, it, it's tough. It's tough. Um, and I think more than anything, like just believing in yourself, right? Believing in yourself, um, but, being, but being humble about it. I mean, I, you know, like I said, like I'm not one to really like, I'll pat myself on my back to like my family, but like publicly when people ask me about Perlo Productions, I'm always proud of what we're doing, but I really, you know, it really is like about our whole team. It's, I mean, like I'm one piece of it, but we have incredibly talented animators and editors and graphic designers and, and videographers and, and, you know, production assistants and interns. And they're all like equal parts important to our success. And, and, you know, and I tell them that, like when I interview somebody for an internship, I tell them like, just realize you're not coming in here to be seen and not heard. Like, I've never believed that. I value your opinion as much as I do mine or anybody else's. And if you have an idea, I want to hear it, you know, yeah. and maybe I won't act on it, but maybe I will, but I never want you to feel like your voice is not, is not heard here and that you're not respected. And you know, I always joke, like, you're not going to be, you're not going to be going to get me coffee. I'm usually the one going to get coffee for everybody or picking up lunch. And sometimes people are surprised that oh, the owner of the company is getting lunch for everybody. Well, why not? Like you're busy doing six other things. I can get lunch. Why not? Like, what's wrong with that? Right. I, I think, I think that too, like that, that kind of like humble, I'm no more important than anybody else attitude, which unfortunately I think as some people see success, they lose that or maybe never had it. But that's always been very important to me that, that everybody that works with me uh, and not works for me, like works with me. That's like a big part to me too. Like I would never say, you know, Rob works for me. No, Rob works with me. Right. Um, and I, I like, it's a subtlety, but I think, when you speak like that about the people that work with you, it, it, it means something to them. It makes them feel like they're cared about and they're important. And, um, and I think that's a critical part to keeping happy employees, whether they're full-time or subcontractors or freelance or just occasional people that, that partner on a project with you. Absolutely. Building that community, not only around you, but with the people that you work with is a key part of uh, your success is building that culture, right? And having a culture of people that care about what they're doing means that they will do better work. Now, as you look to the future and what, with COVID-19 and all the, the changes that are going on, what do you see yourself headed? What, what is the company going to do to overcome that and, and see future success? I mean, I think as, as, as I look to the future, I think most of what we, we have done is our things we will continue to do, which is, you know, creating great videos, creating great animation. I think that the way society has shifted to a bit more virtual, I think will frankly only helps us. I mean, our ability, what we are, what we were able to do during the COVID-19 crisis, we'll be able to do at a large, much higher level once we are able to be back out there shooting videos and shooting interviews and doing aerial videography the way we were in the past because we can take all those higher production elements and still bring them into the virtual platforms and whether it's streaming them or sharing them on a Zoom platform or, you know, perhaps conferences of thousands of people will no longer happen in person the way they once did. And if that's the case, we're perfectly positioned to help them create that content that can be streamed. Um, so I think all of that suits us well. And I think, um, you know, the knowledge and strength within social media, I mean, that's not going anywhere anytime soon. So I think our personal expertise, I mean, we, we set a really good example, I think, for our clients of how we use social media. And I think they see that. And sometimes they'll ask us, you know, what's your approach to this? Or what do you find works? 
And so I think, you know, we've been before, you know, over the last few years, we've been big on embracing new technology. So we've started doing a lot more, more work within augmented reality and virtual reality, which I think particularly AR, I think they both have huge potential, but I think AR has an even bigger trajectory as wearable tech grows and grows and no longer do you have to have an AR experience from a phone or tablet, but you know, before long you'll have AR glasses or AR, I read somebody was designing AR contact lenses. Uh, so I think the whole AR VR world is going to be an explosive part of our industry and, and companies like Perlo Productions that are embracing that technology now will be you know, kind of at the forefront of it in the years to come when others I think are just kind of figuring out what, what can be done with it. And so I'm, I'm always excited about finding ways to integrate technology into what we do, because that's, I mean, for better or for worse, that's where our world is going. I love it. I think it's definitely a key part and for sure is being highlighted more and more that technology is going to be an integral part of our daily lives. Can you, do you have any final advice or insights for our listeners? Well, I think, well, so first of all, I would say that if you are, thinking about starting your own business or have just started or in the early years and you're at one of those points, like I said, I was where you're thinking, maybe I'll just go find a job with a paycheck. Um, a, don't give up. B, you're welcome to reach out to me and, and, and call me, email me and tell me what's going on. And I will, you know, be your cheerleader and give you the pep talk. And if you're doing things wrong, I'll be honest enough to say, this is why you're not succeeding or here's some things that might help you succeed. Um, but it really, I think it starts with you. Like if you don't believe 110% in yourself and your idea, then it's, it's, it's never going to go anywhere. And I think, you know, making sure that you believe in that idea and that you're committed to that idea and you, and not have the expect, you know, there's some people that generalize like the millennial generation expects everything to happen really quickly. I, I don't like to, um, generalize any group like that, but I think that mentality is one that, that won't succeed for anybody, whether you're, 18 or 58, uh, I think expecting things to blow up and, and explode in a good way quickly is just not realistic. I mean, even, even somebody that goes, you know, has some, something goes viral, usually short lived. So I, I don't think you want that quick hit. I, want, I think you want growth and you want to see your, your business improve and grow at whatever you do and, and always be looking for ways to make it better. Um, and, you know, my first boss in TV used to use the expression, you got you know, the old, you got to crawl before you can walk and walk before you run. I didn't really like that theory because <laughs> I like to walk and run. Uh, but, but there are times where you need to just say, okay, first I'm going to crawl. Okay, I'm good at crawling. Now I'm going to walk and then I'm going to run, you know, but always kind of have that in your mind of how can I get to that next level. Um, and, and always, I think the best thing I would say is never rest on your success, but always make sure you take time to step back and appreciate it. Because I think, I think that's important. I think you do need to, no matter where you are, step back and say, okay, three years ago, I had a company with no revenue and now I'm at 30,000. And three years ago, I, uh, you know, now I'm a company at a million and I, three years ago, I was at 500 grand. What, you know, whatever the numbers are, appreciating each, each step of that process. Um, and, um, but yeah, more than anything, like I hope, I mean, you know, I hope that people will just, I always love talking to other entrepreneurs. So like if I can be that shot in the arm, that kick in the butt, or just that cheerleader that you need to kind of keep you going, you know, always love talking to other business owners and entrepreneurs, no matter what your business, no matter what your concept is. Um, and also, I also love, you know, partnering and finding synergy with other businesses, even some that have nothing connected to what we do. Cause I found some really unique uh, opportunities for partnership over the years 
with companies that do something very different, but maybe can use the digital or video or animation platforms that we create, potentially with what they do or make. So always love exploring uh, synergy as well. And, and, and I'm a big believer in finding, you know, win-win scenarios uh, in terms of the, the, the benefit that comes from that partnership. I love it. Do me a favor. How do people get a hold of you if they want to learn more or ask you those questions? Sure. Uh, so easiest way is, is by email. It's Mike, M-I-K-E, at perloproductions.com. That's P-E-R-L-O-W productions with an S at the end, dot com. Uh, you can also go to our website, again, perloproductions.com. If you look up Mike Perlo or Perlo Productions on pretty much any social media platform other than um, uh, Snapchat. We're, I mean, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok. What else am I forgetting? Uh, I think all of those and probably some others. I'm not thinking of YouTube. Uh, so, you know, we're, and Vimeo. Uh, so we're on all those different platforms, whether it's our videos or our overall company or my own uh, profiles. Uh, and I'm big and crazy active on social media. And if you do want to reach out to me by phone, my, you know, my phone number is on our website as well. If you go to the contact us page or really any page on the website has, and that phone number is my work cell number. So that's a way to call, text me, whatever. And I always welcome phone calls, emails, whatever, with any kind of crazy questions you might have, or just again, you know, if you need a little uh, shot of um, rejuvenation for what you're doing, uh, whether you're doing for a week, a year or 50 years. Mike, I truly appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule and sharing with us your incredible story. Thank you again, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, Robert. You've been listening to the Startup Santa Show, part of our 2020 Hindsight series, where we've been talking to entrepreneurs and those who have pursued their passion. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show today. We truly appreciate your support and hope you stay safe in these crazy times around the world. 